Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. I'm Sumeria Jamal of AccidentalMuslims.com, Durban. AccidentalMuslims.com is a movement and a platform where we showcase current and future leaders to help us live with purpose. This podcast hopes to add value to your life, so listen up and enjoy. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to another episode with AccidentalMuslims.com Durban. I'm Sumaya and joining me today we have Sister Zaida Mohamedi who is a business graduate, a certified body talk practitioner, NLP practitioner, life coach and emotional wellness coach. Through Live Inspired, her Durban-based practice, she strives to improve the quality of people's lives by implementing her Feel Better, Live Better philosophy. Zaida was recently nominated as a participant in the Rosh Gold Young Business Achievers Awards. Zaida Assalamu alaikum and shukran so much for joining us. Assalamu alaikum Samaya, I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Awesome. So who is Zaida Mohammadi? Okay, so Zaida is very much human, very much flawed. <laughs> Someone who has been through a fair amount of challenges, of difficulties, and through those challenges, uh, kind of forced into a corner to accept herself more deeply and even learn to love herself, which was quite a journey. And that journey, through that journey, um, I basically learned to embrace myself more. And because of that, I think it's helped me to connect more deeply with my loved ones. And also it's helped me to facilitate clients who are going through their process of healing and through their difficulties. So Zaira is someone who feels and cares deeply but she also laughs a lot finds joy and meaning in the ordinary and is a bit of a clown sometimes to be honest um, and someone who's constantly pushing the boundaries in her work so she can serve her clients better inshallah inshallah so did the baby Zaida have think this to be her life when she grew up the really little me no I had no idea that this is where I would be but I de- did know that I wanted to do something in my life yes Okay, so uh, you know you say that you're a business graduate. So from business to then psychology, that's a huge diff between the two. So did you wake up one morning and decide that reading people's minds is something that you want to do? <laughs> reading people's minds. Okay, so um, no, it was not a sudden decision. Actually, from a young age, I was very fascinated by people. Why did they make the choices they make? What drove their behavior? I saw a certain amount of pain around me in the people around me, and the young me wanted very much to understand it. But more so, I wanted to know how to change it. I was a very avid reader from a young age. And when I think back, even fiction is an insight into people's psyche. It's an insight into their minds, right? I loved being able to peep into people's minds. So at 16, I remember borrowing The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen yes, Covey from, yes. our, yeah, from our high school library. Um, and from there on, I, I delved quite deeply into self-development. I was quite into the uh, books and th- so on. But I chose business on the advice of those around me. I don't regret it because mm. nothing ever gets wasted. But psychology was really what I wanted to to pursue. Once I was already working in the corporate sector, I decided to go ahead with my studies in psychology. So the quest to understand human behavior was something that was in me from a pretty young age. And when I had my own life challenges and health challenges, that pushed me to really delve deeply. Mm, and I think I relate a lot to you because when I first chose my career of studying, and I did um, media and marketing, and I did a year of it at campus, and I didn't like it at all. And mm. now I switched over and I'm studying psychology. And there you go. So it was something that I, you know, it's really I think if you have a passion for like you said finding out about people then I think it is the way uh, you know for us to go inshallah mm. so as mentioned you know you found body talk as a result of your own health challenges and to some people you know body talk may be airy fairy compared to the usual route of dealing with illnesses like perhaps going to see a doctor or you know taking medication so what are your comments on this yeah so it is very alternative it's very different to what mm-hmm. people are used to we all grown up around like if you're sick go to a doctor but I love that body talk works on the idea that your body is 
is this amazing mechanism. It has this innate healing capacity. Mm-hmm. It knows what to do. It's it's such a sophisticated mechanism. And when something goes off, it's not because your body is broken. It's usually because there's something in your life that's amiss. There's something, some kind of underlying issues, maybe unresolved emotions, maybe the way you're dealing with certain things that need to be re-looked at. Mm-hmm. And as you work with that, it physically you improve as well so what i love about it is that everything works together it's such it's it's like a true, truly truly holistic perspective because somebody might come in for a physical issue but what comes along is that they've got you know a problem with so and so or they're having difficulty in their relationship or you know uh, they can't process certain emotions and as we work with that automatically the physical symptoms start to resolve themselves alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah, that's great. So, you know, how was body tool then received by your patients? Do they not feel it weird that someone's tapping all over their body? Yeah, so I do. Well, it's not all over, just to be clear. <laughs> the specific point. Uh, I do face a fair amount of skepticism. I think that's normal. Uh-huh. Like I said, body talk is very alternative. Um, and I think a lot of people just have confusion because it's not what we've bro- grown up with. But as they, you know, ask questions and they begin to understand and explore and also as they begin to experience the benefits and the results they become more and more comfortable Absolutely. with it and i mean it's a pain free way i mean as opposed to going to doctor yeah. and getting a jab that's that's what i yeah. fear the most and honestly i think it's it's important to note as well because when someone sometimes sees that you are a holistic practitioner they kind yeah. of go well it's only holistic or it's only allopathic mm-hmm. and i don't agree with either perspective i say there's there is space for everything um, and everything has its place so in certain instances maybe that's what you you know you, if you're in a life threatening situation that's what you need but uh, for your general day-to-day stuff and and your emotional issues and other things it's really worth exploring alternative and they can all work together very well mm, absolutely this brings about a totally different perspective to you know the usual things that we deal with mm. so you know being a mom of two and a, and a wife and an entrepreneur what is it that gets Zaida Mohammadi up every morning to be honest um, you know because as much as you can I think this is what people don't talk about as much as you can be passionate about what you do and love what you do yeah. sometimes you wake up and you're like you know i just want to chill for today i just want to go <laughs> back to bed <laughs> you know i just want to go back to bed and like chill out but honestly what what drives me is knowing that there's clients that you know serving my clients and having the opportunity to help them to improve the quality of their relationships the quality of their health and their lives this work alhamdulillah i'm very grateful to say has a very deep meaning for me that goes beyond being just a business and i'm very very grateful to have found work that's meaningful to me and that i feel has a greater purpose alhamdulillah alhamdulillah and you know it's really difficult to find a job that is your passion as well i think a lot of people struggle with that so alhamdulillah you found it Shukran. and i know that it is something that you're passionate also about in developing in other people so definitely and you know it's a fair po- it's a good point that you make because often people we grown up to say find a job find a way to survive right. find a way to make money so we'll you can married. take care oh and get married and of course like of course it's already wrapped up and there's nothing wrong with all of those things they all coming from a positive intent but you know there's there is that aspect i think in all of us that yearns to do something bigger that yearns to and it's not even about being well known or whatever it is there's some part of us that we have strengths and we have things within us that are waiting to be explored and waiting to be used in a way that the world needs for us to use and a lot of my work is helping people in that so they initially come to like sort out all the issues and as they overcome that they kind of go well i want to look into what's my greater purpose here so yeah alhamdulillah 
Yeah. That's great. So, you know, all of us feel down at some point or the other. And there's no best book or best remedy to turn to than the Quran. Which ayahs do you turn to when you're feeling down? So, two of my favorite ayah. Um, the first one is, if you are grateful to me, I will increase you in favor. Mm-hmm. And this really ties in with the whole positive thinking psychology of, you know, think, you know, be grateful Absolutely. and you'll get more of that. And honestly, it works according to the science as well. That's quite amazing because the more you focus on things that uh, uplift you, the more able your brain is to find similar types mm-hmm. of things um, and so it always reminds me that no matter what is going on in your life just focus on the good stuff focus have you know practice gratitude it's such a big part of life um, and the second one which really hits me so deeply from the time I was quite little is Allah does not change the condition of a people until they change what is in themselves and this is a reminder constant reminder for me uh, in my own life and also working with other people just to look within so if I'm dealing with a challenge challenge it's up to me to be honest with myself and ask myself where do I need to shift where do I need to change where do I need to grow in order to overcome this challenge because I do believe life will keep sending you the same old thing if you don't if you don't up level yourself it's like kind of pushing you right come let's let's go to the next level so I really do believe every challenge in our lives is an opportunity for growth and learning and practicing deeper compassion to others and ourselves alhamdulillah you know like i said you know the quran is the best book for us to turn to in any circumstance so you know on social media i've witnessed that you firstly have an amazing presence and you know many other social media influences mention really highly of you and particularly one that caught my eye was ilana schultz and the photographer and being someone of you know of another faith also she said that you need a zaida in your life so do you not feel that this is too much pressure or expectations on you to constantly make sure that you're on the top of your social media game you have an interactive page you're replying to dms how do you deal with this okay so the first part the pressure for me this work is all like my life and this work which right. is very tied together is all about being authentic and being true to myself it's not it's about learning to accept yourself with your flaws and accepting i think we have such high standards of ourselves and other people like we expect ourselves never to make a mistake never to fail and i don't agree with that that's going to happen it's going to happen i guarantee you you try your best but even given that there's going to be things that go off course and so for me i think it's about staying authentic staying true to yourself uh it's impossible to stay on top of everything if whoever who is doing it out there well done to you mashallah but um you know i have a full-time practice i have a family so i have to be realistic about my, with myself about that so i try my best but i allow myself to have the space i need i'm very careful not to let social media take over my day as that's very easy for that to happen and i also just except that it's impos- impossible to be totally on top of it and i think i have realistic expectations of mm-hmm. myself so for me posting real authentic content is important so i honor that it's mm-hmm. really about checking in with myself is what i'm posting in line with my integrity is it coming from a sincere space uh, and if yes then the outcome of the likes or comments or anything else is completely out of my hands mm-hmm. and i think you know what it tends to happen is that if you're posting a picture on instagram um you automatically have you know you feel like really conscious about it how many likes am i mm-hmm. getting how many comments do people like it or well, I used to do this I used to post mm. something up and if I wasn't getting the desired number of likes I would delete it mm. and then I'm like at the end of the day it's my life yeah. and it's how I wish to you know love it and that's just the way that it has so, to be so Sumaya why do people do that why do we do that why do we put stuff out there and then wait for the likes and wait for the comments and generally it'll come back to the thing that we're using social media in the mm. way we use anything else people use it generally to boost their self esteem and if you know your self worth is low then you constantly 
obviously need that validation. Yeah. You know, yesterday you got a thousand likes, and then today now you're like, okay, now I need to get another thousand <laughs> likes, or what's going to happen? So if your social media is affecting the way you feel about yourself, then it's not social media necessarily that's the problem. It's something that you need to look within and ask yourself, what am I using this mechanism for? Am I using it to validate myself? If I am, then maybe I've got to look at that. It's definitely something fast to introspect about. So social media has been recognized as an addiction, just as alcohol and food and sugar, right? So tied in with this is the instant gratification. I think this is very prevalent in this generation. So how have you helped your clients deal with this and tips to you know recognize that these are just crutches that are simply used? Okay, so let's think about why someone would become addicted to something, whether it's social media or anything. Everything is a vehicle. So first of all, I think social media has been demonized unfairly, but just like anything else in life it's like almost saying like food is bad or you know all of these things are bad it's not the thing itself is it's what people use it for it's right. so everything can be used constructively or it can be used to your detriment so it's about you it's about you checking in with yourself and being honest like why am i doing this so if you find yourself posting a picture like i said and waiting for the likes um and waiting for the engagement and then maybe yesterday you got this many likes now today you have this pressure oh my gosh why aren't people liking it this time Anything, whether it's social media, whether it's the way you look, whether it's, you know, what, anything where you are waiting for people to validate you and you are investing your self-worth in it, you need to take a look, closer look at. So obviously, if you get, and you mentioned instant gratification, if somebody has low self-esteem, they don't have any self-worth, um, and then they're trying to get those likes uh, and, and the engagement, they get addicted to that because it feels good in the moment. So another reason people get addicted to things is because it's a distraction. So something terrible is going on in my life or even like I'm having some kind of challenge or issue. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to engage with that. Let me just go post something on social media, get a lot of likes, feel good about yeah. myself for a few hours and then tomorrow I'm going to have to start again or later on depending <laughs> on how often people want to post. And then also you start to then, sometimes you can become a little bit inauthentic because you look at certain pictures and you're like, you know, I know this is, you know, on Instagram. Somebody was telling me about something and I said, well, if you want to be famous on Instagram, it's very easy. Start taking your clothes off. You know, clearly, <laughs> clearly the, the less clothes that you wear, the more likes that you get, you know, the more comments that you get. So what are you doing it for? If you're just doing it for likes and comments and engagement, what are you doing it for? And, and that's up to you. And you just have to be honest with yourself. That's a very real answer. And that's also something that we need to think about. But you know, when it comes to your videos and the content that you put out on your YouTube and your Instagram, does it run through a process? So is it impromptu just as you sit in the car, you think of a topic and okay, I'm recording this right now? Or is it, you know, something that's totally planned out? So Samia, it's a combination of both, but mostly it's impromptu. Mm -hmm. uh, many of the videos I make are spur of the moment, you see me in my car. <laughs> but usually it's based on something I've been turning over in my mind for a couple of, couple of days. Because I interact very deeply with people on a daily basis, it gives me a lot of insight into their struggles and challenges. So Alhamdulillah, I have this ability to tune into some of the struggles people are going through. And a lot of my videos are based around that. And you know, you're talking about challenges that people are facing. And constantly, I think, um, you know, not just being a life coach or a practitioner, we are constantly as normal people faced with, you know, family, friends who come to us and, you know, tell us about their challenges. And often their energies are not, you know, uh, the very best of energies. They're often very mm. toxic. And uh, with people facing or an array of different challenges I'm sure that the end of, the energies of themselves you know on you more especially being a practitioner and them coming specifically to ask of your assistance uh, it can definitely weigh you down emotionally so how do you overcome this that's a good question it's actually one I get asked very often mm. uh, because people think well are you going home are you taking everyone's problems with you I think there's several different ways to look at this um, 
I actually spoke about this recently when I spoke about being an empath. I don't know if you're following on my Instagram, but there's a video coming out next week, inshallah, that where I talk about being an empath. And if you're someone who loves to help people and you're mm-hmm. very compassionate and you kind find yourself taking on emotions of others, there are ways of working around that. Being okay. a compassionate person, in order to help someone, you don't have to take on what they're going through. Mm-hmm. You know, you can give someone a really good listening ear and uh, listen, you know, hold the space for mm-hmm. them and listen from a place of observation without needing to take it on. And that's mm-hmm. your issue. If somebody's coming come along and you feel worse after speaking to them, you can't really blame them. That's actually your issue because where were you at? Why did you feel the need to get so involved in that? It sounds like a strange thing because you think, oh, but won't that make me a bad person? No, you've got to actually look after your thing. I think the, sec- the other part is that I feel like everyone is going to get tested. Everyone will have their challenges in life. And you, if you accept that that's part of life and as much as you want to help people and you try your best to support them, they have to go through their own stuff and they have to learn the lessons that they need to. So that also helps in, in getting through that. So then do you not find yourself getting like numb or cold mm. then uh, as a person because now you have to like sort of cut yourself off emotionally from these patients or from your clients? Right, okay. So the first thing is it's very important for me to make sure that I'm in a good space. So making sure that I'm, I'm also doing my inner work. I do a lot of personal development work. I continue to do so. Um, I'm expanding my own awareness. I'm dealing with my own fears, my own insecurities, all of that. So that already puts me a more, in a more centered, grounded space. I think it's very important for, for if you're in this kind of work to do that, to right. be in a centered, grounded space. The second is the ability to, of what I call to observe without absorbing. I don't detach myself. I don't numb myself as this would actually make it more difficult for me to interact with my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, this work for me is done very much from a heart-based space. If I'm numbing myself, then I'm out of touch with that. I'm right. out of touch with my own sincerity. Being in that heart-based space actually allows me to serve better and to listen to them more deeply and to practice what we call compassionate listening. That can only come from a heart-based space. But at the same time, like I mentioned, I have to accept that challenges are part of life. Mm-hmm. Everyone is tested. And these challenges actually offer clients a way for growth, a way forward. So instead of going, oh no, what's happening? Why is this happening yeah. to you? It's really about saying, oh, how can we move forward from this? How can you gain a greater perspective? How can you use the situation to actually improve the quality of your life? So coming from that perspective, it makes it easier not to get bogged down by it. We're constantly faced by society and society plays a major role, more more negative than positive in most cases, like keeping up with the norms Mm. and dealing with the pressures that the fact that society determines what makes someone pretty, for example, or what makes someone thin. Uh, It's just a few issues that we deal with on a daily basis. And I feel that, you know what, young adults are very thirsty for the advice in this regard. So what advice can you quench them with? Such a good question. I have three words. Question the norms. You're so right. We get so caught up in other people's version of beauty, other people's version of success. You know, uh, we were chatting about it earlier, right? You must be uh, have this kind of degree. You must be married at this age. You must have so many kids at this age. And people are constantly imposing that on you, right? And the thing is, we use all of these things to measure our own worth and our own significance. Because the minute we miss one of those milestones, what's wrong with me? Am I not good enough? What's going to happen? Am I left on the shelf? Am I never going to find what I'm going to do? Like, you know, all of these things. Before you give power, because that's what we do, we give power to these yardsticks, these measures of success. Ask yourself, whose definition is this? Is it even Allah Ta'ala's definition or is it society's definition? You get to decide. When you question these so-called norms, you take back your power to decide where you want to take your life. Don't let someone else decide how you should feel about yourself. Question, question, question. And as you do, you'll find that less of other people's projections matter to you.
So, you know, you've spoken about authenticity and also about the way that to support people, uh, about how if you are internalizing other issues, then perhaps there's an issue with the new. So would you say that we need to re-examine our intentions when trying to help people? And I think this, you know, specifically relates, you know, if you tend to be a people pleaser, then, you know, you want to do things to constantly please people. And even if they are facing an issue themselves, you're going to be constantly wanting to assist them. And if you can't do it, then it becomes your fault that they've gone worse, you know, into depression or whatever the case is. You're so right you have to question your intention because if you are a people pleaser or any of those things you mentioned what is it really about you helping them is not actually about them getting better it's about you getting some sense of validation and significance and saying oh i did it and i helped them and when you don't oh no i'm worthless now so again just like the person who interestingly enough just like the person who posts a picture on social media and is waiting for the likes if you're the person who's sitting there trying to support someone so you can get an egoic boost that they get feel better it's the same thing it's the same thing. Even though the intention maybe is good, it's the same thing. You're coming from the same place where you're, again, taking something outside of you and placing your self-worth onto it. So if you can be in a space where you can allow yourself to support someone, whether they took your advice and now they're feeling better, now I can feel better about myself, or they didn't take my advice and now they're still feeling bad, so I feel bad about myself. Why are you making it about you? It's an egoic perspective. It's about the ego and saying, oh, I matter and I validate. You actually have sidelined them out of it completely. So are you really helping them? Check your intention. And so many of us get caught up in this. I know it's something that people don't like to hear, but we get caught up in this. Be honest with yourself. Where are you coming from? It's also, I think, maybe victim mentality. Um, for the person who's listening? Mm. Well, yeah. So it's saying, I again, I need something out of myself, outside of myself to prove that I'm a worthy human being, to prove that I have validity in this world. You're doing the same thing. Mm. It's the same as doing anything else. It's driving a flashy car, in my opinion, or trying to get likes on social media. It's the same thing. So it's quite a lot to do with introspection and looking within yourself and to see what's, what's lacking. I feel we need to start being more honest with ourselves. You know, mm. we live in a world where something happens and we just react and we project and we go, well, it's that person's problem and then they did this and why won't they listen to me and da 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 We don't take enough time to introspect. If you look at the example of Rasulullah he used to go to a cave to meditate. He used to be a, go to a cave to be by himself, to introspect, to sit with himself. And the reason people don't do it is because it's hard. When you introspect, you come face to face with your own stuff, with your own insecurities, with your own doubts. And then you realize, actually, you know what? A big portion of my issues are about me and not about the other person. If somebody's constantly saying and doing something that's triggering me, then what is that what is that saying about me? I keep making them the problem, but it's actually me that needs to look within. So this idea of introspection is something that we need to start cultivating within ourselves. People are looking for a quick fix, a quick way. How do I boost my self-esteem? How do I get more confidence? How do I love myself? How do I accept myself? Start introspecting. It begins with looking within and looking at the parts of yourself that you're not honest with. And from there, everything starts to unfold. They're able to also do this if they have the assistance of a life coach. A life coach, a wellness coach, as well as a certified body talk practitioner. Um, do you still find it that people find it difficult to come to a counsellor, to come and speak to you? Do you feel that that stigma is still there, even though we're in 2018? <laughs> I think by the time people come to me, they are ready to try anything because they've tried so many things and so many things haven't worked for them. So they're in that space where they're really looking for some kind of shift and change. <laughs> But I think some of the stigma in our Muslim community comes from this idea that people go to someone like a, a psychologist or a life coach or a body talk practitioner because you're broken, because you're damaged. And that's not true at all. If you think about it, if you wanted to play a specific sport and you wanted to get really good at it, 
wouldn't you get a coach to help you to kind of help you look at your blind spots and where you, you it's hard to look at yourself doing it so you need someone who is coming who you can trust and who's coming from a neutral unbiased perspective mm-hmm. uh, that can assist you it's the same thing for me really going to a life coach a body talk practitioner for me is about taking accountability taking responsibility in your life and saying i'm not going to be a victim i'm not going to make everyone else a problem i'm actually going to look within myself mm-hmm. and see where do i need to shift where do i need to grow so that i can deal with my challenges and issues differently so i think it's a very proactive approach and people who do go ahead with it they're people who have courage the courage to admit that they can do, they can rise above and they can you know rise in their consciousness and rise right. in their awareness and do things differently So you know there's a lot of homemade therapy that does you know happen. So where people are struggling to deal with their experiences, their mental health issues, their unhealthy coping mechanisms and they choose to instead of turning to a professional, then they rather turn to an important person in their life and it could be a friend, a spouse, uh, a child or another family member. So would you say that these practices are ineffective or worse? That can they even be outright harmful or are you of the opinion that it's not so bad to use a loved one as a consultant? There's two aspects to this Samaya. The okay. first one is yes, it's good to seek support. It's good to be able to confide in a loved one and have a good meaningful conversation. It can just feel good for your soul. We know that when we feel deeply connected mm-hmm. and supported, our brains actually release feel-good hormones that enhance our immunity, our well-being. We need to feel like we belong somewhere. That's very important. On the other hand, it can sometimes be harmful if the other person is not equipped to advise you because that's the problem. Sometimes when you go to uh, confide in someone, they feel like they have to fix you. You have to fix your problem right. you have to give you the right advice and that's not necessarily what mm-hmm. you need you mentioned earlier people you know people who are doing it from a perspective of feeling valid and feeling validated right. and using it as a way to boost their own ego you need to take that into consideration people are well meaning but they are unconscious they are unaware of why they're actually engaging with you when they come oh she came to me and she took my advice and and you hear people say don't come to you because you never take my advice well <laughs> Why should they have to take your advice? Can you ever offer support where it's not about you and you t- right. them taking your advice? Why are you making it about you? Again, ego is getting in the way. So like I said, sometimes family, friends, they can be well-meaning and they want to help you, but they end up unknowingly unknowingly projecting their own fears, their own insecurities onto you, which actually make you feel worse. So you may be in a situation and they've experienced something similar, "Oh, yes, let me tell you about my thing and you shouldn't do it because you know, see how it went for me." That's not necessarily something that you need to hear. They may be telling you that from a good space, but they are making the issue worse or you go to them. I actually made a video about this where I spoke about the do's and don'ts of offering emotional support and sometimes you can go to someone and tell them something and they go oh no what happened and why and you yeah. actually end up feeling worse i have clients who yeah. tell me about this you feel worse and often i think it's the loved one that does that <coughs> the most the ones who you go most closest to and you think oh, really but <laughs> why do they bad? do that why do they do that because they're bringing their own stuff into this oh no my sumaya is suffering i want to get her out of it i have to tell her what to do and make sure yeah. they don't realize that this, this is your issue that you have to resolve and you have to get through you have learning and growth to do so my advice would be be discerning about who you choose to confide in and to okay. what level someone may love you deeply they want to help you but are they equipped to do so as a professional i don't feel that it's my job to tell you what to do but i can offer you perspectives that change the way you see the situation and allow you to explore your solutions more deeply so follow your own instinct follow that intuition when you're choosing someone to confide in and know that reaching out to a professional can actually be very empowering as they don't necessarily tell you what to do they facilitate you to discover the tools within yourself to deal with the issues more effectively rather than just spoon feeding you and telling Absolutely. you what to do
Absolutely. And I think that when you do go to a professional, it's not only advice for that situation or that experience, it is something yes. that you carry, you know, forever. But yeah. also at the end of the day, it's then up to you to make sure that, you know what, this is the advice that I've received and make sure that you are, you know, you're going to listen to it because you can pay that money, go to a professional, seek the advice, get everything and then come home and not practice it at all. Mm, but um, that's up to you to have that follow yeah. through and that discipline. How invested are you in having you know, peace and happiness and contentment in your life? And that is something we're going to be coming to now where, you know, according to your website, it states that, you know, you're very passionate about assisting individuals in finding their true potential and finding their true self. So why do you feel so passionate about this? Samaya, I'm incredibly passionate about this. It's really what drives me. It's what drives my work. I truly believe that Allah has blessed each of us with a unique strength and gift. Mm -hmm. And sometimes because of years of strife and conditioning, uh, we lose touch with that and, and getting involved in other people's fears and projections onto that, us. We lose touch with that. We try to be something other than what we are. So the process of healing for me allows for more self-acceptance. Mm -hmm. And as we gain more self-acceptance, we become more authentic. And as this happens, your innate strengths shine through and these very strengths allow you to tap into your potential discover your passion and purpose so as you live more authentically that flows into every aspect of your life and you start to become more compassionate it allows you to uncover the gifts that you have to give to the world and that starts to bring you more joy and fulfillment how can i not be excited and passionate about that that's absolutely beautiful. I think, you know, following through with that is that, you know, we know that we're here for a sole reason of worshipping and pleasing Allah Ta'ala. But as our motto for AccidentalMuslims.com is, live with purpose. So why do you feel that, you know, people find it difficult to find their purpose? And, you know, once they've actually delved in and found their purpose in life, why is there difficulty in pursuing it or continuing with it? First of all, I love your motto. It's amazing. It's it's you can see it's from the heart. You can see it's sincere. I think my previous question, you know, the previous question starts to answer that. But people find it difficult because of the conditioning. Because from the time we are little, we're told we're too much of this. We're not enough of that. We need to be more of that. You know, um, you know, you, you and I both were in the situation where you know we studied something different, and then our lives took a different turn. You listen to the people around you, and you accept their projections and their stuff of you. So we try to be other than what we are. We don't feel good enough, so we look to others to tell us what to do, what to be, and what to do. We become afraid of the judgments and the rejection of others from childhood, and we try very hard to please others and fit in. Think about a teenager the worst thing they want is to be different than other people they just want to fit in wear the right clothes wear the things that do the things other people are doing and sadly the price that we pay of fitting in is that we lose touch with who we are with our strengths with our talents and these become hidden these become i say they kind of go you know get buried under all of these projections and fears so we end up living a life that's not about connection with our creator that's not about purpose it's more about fitting in and making sure that we're fitting in so if we can let go of the fear of judgment of the fear that we're not enough that is the path for me that is the path to finding our purpose and pursuing it and then in getting the kind of fulfillment and connection that we need through that Samaya, so, you asked a question earlier about society playing a role in uh, forcing us to keep up with the norms. And I said something about like question, question the norms, question all of that. And I think it's important to note that we have to start questioning the kind of ideals we were brought up with. First of all, the people who brought us up loved us deeply, cared for us deeply, but they also were given a rigid idea of how life is and how life should be and what determines success. And often these are 
you know, not ideals that are helping us. So many people fall into things like depression and feeling insignificant and feeling un- unworthy because their life is not following this perfect timeline that was set out for them. Be married at this age, have a child at this age. So then you have someone who maybe is not finding a spouse at that age. She feels worthless now. Or somebody who hasn't been able to have a child as quickly as she's supposed to be. I put supposed in inverted commas. And suddenly that affects their self-esteem. So we need to start, when we're building our self-esteem and starting to accept ourselves more, we need to start questioning the so-called norms that we have been brought up with, the conditioning that we have been brought up with. The people around us mean well. Uh, They're giving us their version, their idea of what is success and happiness. But I want to ask you, even if you're living out that version of success and happiness, are you happy? Do you consider yourself successful? And I see so many people in my practice, they literally tell me, I've done everything according to the book. I've done, I've been a good girl or I've done exactly what was asked of me. I've lived my life in this way and here I am in my 40s or in my 50s and I am not happy. I am deeply unhappy. So where did I go wrong? So start questioning. You have the power to take that back. And it's not about, you know, rebelling and whatever it is. It's just about looking within yourself. Again, introspect. If something is getting you down because you have haven't been able to achieve this or you don't have this kind of material possession or you don't have this kind of a relationship who said you're supposed to have that is that even in line with the sunnah is that even in line with what allah has ordained for you you know we need to start questioning all of this we need to start looking within ourselves because we actually can take back the power of determining how we feel about ourselves and what kind of successes we pursue and i think this plays a very big role in how content and how fulfilled we feel in our lives Shukran so much, Zaira, for taking out the time to chat to us about what you're so passionate about and imbibing this passion within us and also allowing us to live according to our motto of AccidentalMuslims.com, live with purpose. And I think you've made us really introspect on different aspects, be it society, social media, and just ourselves, you know, holistically, are we doing the right thing? So thank you so much and we wish you all the best with your future of Live Inspired. Jazakallah khair, Smea. It's been absolutely lovely and absolute pleasure to be with you guys today. I've thoroughly enjoyed it and I look forward to working with you guys in future inshallah absolutely shukran so much assalamu alaikum wa alaikum salam that's it for today we hope you enjoyed it and that our guests added value to your life and most importantly inspired you to live with purpose don't forget to forward all suggestions to info at accidentalmuslims.com and follow us on facebook instagram and twitter until next time assalamu alaikum